Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you from the mobile studios once again in Madison with Coach Keaton again. And today we're going to go in depth on a topic that is very near and dear to both of our hearts. It is sports specific training. Uh, I think this is uh, probably the reason we both got into uh, training this uh, this type of training because we uh, we wanted to get better at sports or learn about how to get better at sports. Uh, specifically baseball and so uh, we're going to talk about what we've learned uh, over the years and and how we're applying it to uh, to what we're doing Keaton is now working with the Millsaps baseball team with their strength program he's been working with them all offseason and uh, him and I have been talking about and working together and he's been going up there working with them and so we're going to talk about some of the things that he's applying to them and also things that I've learned over the years and why uh, why this type of training is so important for young athletes specifically. Keaton, you excited, man? Yeah, man. Pumped. Pumped. <laughs> Let's do it. So uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know you know a lot of my story. And I uh, I started CrossFit in 20, uh, 2010 um, to prepare for my last year of professional baseball. And I felt uh, better in shape, more athletic, faster, more flexible, more powerful than I ever had uh, when I showed up to spring training that year. And so I was like, I'd only been doing this for a month. There's got to be something to this because I've been – working out my entire life and I never felt like this. And when I say working out, I mean like I was four days a week, never missed a week, two hours a day at the gym, you know, grinding it out, doing all the, the stuff that typically people do. I was, we were, I was doing, you know, working with sports specific trainers who would come in and do speed training and agility training and all the stuff you think of when you're, uh, when you're thinking you're going to train for, uh, for a sport. And then I started doing this type of training and I felt better than ever. And so I was like, there's gotta be something to this. And over the years, I, you know, I started competing in CrossFit specifically, and I, I, I noticed, I was like, man, I'm just a, a lot better athlete than I used to be, and I went back and played an alumni game, and I was uh, throwing people out at home and, and stealing bases and hitting the ball really far, and I, I had some of my best rounds of BP sessions I ever had when I hadn't literally touched a bat in five years, and uh, I did a competition one year, and they tested my vertical max, and it was like five or six inches higher than it was in high school, and I was also about 50 pounds heavier than I was in high school. I was like, man, what is going on? This is this is crazy. So anyways... Um, I've learned over the years how how much uh, this type of training can can impact athletes and help them in their sport specifically. And we've had some young athletes who have come through Coyote over the years who have gone on to to bigger and better things and played uh, SEC sports and uh, professional sports. And that's been really fun to watch. And uh, if you talk to their parents, a lot of times their parents will say a lot of uh, they they attribute at least some of it to what they learned at Coyote and how to train and and learning how to train the right way and they specifically mentioned the way that their kids train compared to the other kids in their school. And, and, you know, most of the kids or a lot of the kids, when they go to the weight room, they're um, just kind of screwing around and uh, trying to do what they, they have to, so they don't get in trouble with the coach, but, you know, doing quarter squats and, and not really doing that type of thing. So all, all that to say, uh, we want to kind of dig, dig a little bit deeper here and talk about 
what it is we prescribe to sports specific athletes. Uh, we'll probably generally talk about baseball this, but this can apply to pretty much any sport and uh, and why we do it that way. So Keaton, let's 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 get going, man. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my story is super similar to that. Um, you know, growing up playing baseball since I was since I can remember, I guess I started at like four or five years old. Whenever I did finally start lifting weights, it was solely to become better at the sport. That was my whole reason. Um, I had very little knowledge that lifting could, you know, cause longevity in life, could be healthy for you, all that kind of stuff. It was really just like, how fast can I swing a bat? How hard can I throw a ball? And how fast can I run to first base? Like those were my goals to get better at as I was lifting and as I was performing. So growing up, that's just why I worked out all the way up through college. And even after college a little bit, it was like literally working out to perform better Mm -hmm. at that specific sport. So now doing this, learning that all, you know, all the different things that we do, it's so much bigger than how we play a sport. Um, bringing this type of training into, you know, a sport specific environment is, is really, really cool. And just like you said, it's like the, the more you did it, that you, you felt better in a month than you ever felt training the other way. And it was the exact same thing for me. I mean, after I saw, I played in like a slow pitch softball game, which is a funnier version of an alumni game, but <laughs> just feeling myself run, jump and throw for the first time in a really long time after I'd played baseball is like, I just felt different. I yeah. felt like a better athlete altogether. So I was really pumped to get to put this training program into something sports specific. That's funny. That reminds me when I was in college, I literally broke down my baseball game and to, I was an outfielder. So I was like, I need to get my arm stronger. I need to get faster and I need to get stronger and, um, I need to improve my hitting technique. And so right. I kind of broke down my game and worked on each part individually. And I set up a speed training program through stuff I'd learned through speed training in high school. And I still had a lot of the, the stuff that I used for that. And I would do that. Um, and then I, I would do long toss and a long toss program. And then I would lift weights and try to get stronger. And then I would hit all the time. And it worked really well. I got a lot better at baseball um, while I was at Millsaps. But at the same time, um, I've learned now that you can get better at all that stuff all at once and much faster. And also right. you can create this bigger and bigger base that when you do work on your sport specific stuff the your peak performance is much higher and so learning the, you know the uh, the way to train learning the way to do the mobility and the stretching all that type of stuff how, how all that stuff plays into um laying a foundation that will allow you to when you are getting on the long toss program for, in baseball for example you're going to be able to progress faster and your arm would be able to get stronger because you have more potential because uh, your body is um, strong in, in the right areas and you have the flexibility to be able to recover from it, all that type of stuff, for example. Or you can get faster and, like I said earlier, improve your vertical jump, which, gonna, uh, which is going to translate over to, to everything else. So um, let's just kind of start digging into it, Keaton. Let's uh, let's talk about specifically, all right, you started working out with the Millsats baseball team. What is uh what are what are some of the, f- the first considerations you're working in as you're going into working with a team who has, you know, I'm, they've all lifted weights I'm sure and done some type of training in the past, but this this type of training is is definitely foreign to most of them. And what are what are the very first considerations that that you're you, that you're going through? Yeah, um, number one, when I first started this, and I talked about it a little bit last the last podcast that I was on is the mobility side of things. Uh, when I first started. At Coyote, my mobility, the shoulder mobility, my T-spine mobility, there were so many different things that I was just so tight, and I had no idea that I was tight until I started doing this type of training. So when we first started and when I realized I was going to start programming for 35 baseball players who I knew were so much like me when I first started, it was it was hard for me almost to keep in mind that 
hey, their shoulders are not going to be in shape. Their T-spines and, and other things, hamstrings, hips, are going to be pretty tight when they first start. So for me, I had to kind of rewind and put myself back in their place for when I first started and say, even when I gave them their first week of training, I, before they ever step foot in the gym the first day for the actual workout, I said, hey, we're going to do a, a one week, seven days in a row of mobility that we're going to do every day. The mobility is going to take 25 minutes. It was a 25-minute mobility session. A lot of the stuff that we do at Coyote, the three-way shoulder stretch, the 90-90 stretches, and a ton more, um, They, I put them through that every day just to get them to understand, first, how tight they were, how much their shoulders needed to work on, but second, so they'd be able to move a little bit more um, fluently and comfortably when they did start working out. So mobility was the first thing I took into consideration. So baseball specifically is notorious for injuries and spending tons of time in the training room. I literally was in the training room, I think, every single day of college. And that just – it was just – you just thought that's what 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 happened. Yeah, like, you, you play did. baseball, you're you're going to be in the training room. Your elbow's going to hurt. You're, you're going to – I had shin splints. My knee hurt. My elbow hurt. My shoulder – I mean, everything hurt. My back hurt. And so it was always some type of ailment, and you just thought, oh, it's just this is what it's happens when you play is. baseball. And looking back on it, and it's exactly right, it was because I was so incredibly tight. Yeah. And, you know, because baseball is a um, dominant sport in that you're only using one arm and you're only swinging one way, you overuse certain muscles, and the other muscles get completely underused, and then you're in cleats all day, every day. Your, your shoulders are constantly rounding forward because you're always throwing and catching. Um, that your body just gets in this – uh, state to where it's very easy to start getting injured. And so that's what happens, especially when you get to college, when you're playing a lot, you know, you're practicing a ton, um, and you are, uh, spending time on the weekends, not recovering, so to speak. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so nice you, 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 you definitely, uh, get yourself in a position to where you start having lots of tweaks and injuries and, and you just like, Oh, just go to the trainer room, you go to the trainer room, go put ice on it, go get an ice bath. And that's just what happens. Well, then, I'm thinking back on, I'm like, I was 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. There's no reason I should be having all these issues going on. And then now here I am 15 years later and my body feels way better than it ever did uh, back then because I learned the basics of mobility and the basics of the body and how it needs to work together and, and strengthening the, the weaker muscles uh, and the supportive muscles that aren't getting work in the sports specific training. And so you're laying, like I talked about earlier, that foundation uh, of mobility and overall body um, functionality that will allow you to, when you start doing, your, when you start throwing, when you start hitting, when you start running, and you're only using certain muscles in a certain way, well, you have this foundation that the other muscles are built up, and you also have the mobility to be able to do those things to where it's not overusing them. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I may be jumping a little bit ahead, but what you said to me one time about the, you're talking about laying the bases, you put it to me in a picture of a, of a pyramid. Um, the wider you can make that base of the pyramid, the the wider that is, the taller your pyramid can mm -hmm. be. And that when that comes to base, base meaning general strength altogether, full body strength and full body mobility um, and performance. And then your peak is obviously, for this instance, baseball performance. And the, the wider your base can be for all your body parts to work together, the higher your peak can be for baseball as far as strength, speed, agility, and all that good stuff. Absolutely. And that applies to any sport. If you and I've thought about this a lot in, in talking to young athletes. If, if, I, if I go to a young athlete and say, who's the best person you've ever played against in your sport? It can be football, it can be baseball, it can be tennis, it can be golf, whatever. And they say, you know, whoever it is. Baseball, for example, would be like, oh, this guy that got drafted out of high school. Okay, well, what, what, what did he have that nobody else did? Usually, he's bigger, he's faster, he's got a stronger arm. Yep. He doesn't – 99 times out of 
the hundred, they don't have the best technique of anybody else. But the guys who are progressing the most in the sport are the best athletes. Bo Jackson is the best example of this. The dude did. The dude had a pretty bad swing. Yeah, he didn't yeah. even know how to read fly balls in the outfield in Major League Baseball. But he was such a good athlete that he just progressed and did really well. And he was able to play football and baseball at the right. same time. Um, Deion Sanders is another example. And so, if you think about and I mean, we can go deep into youth sports right now because it's so completely backwards in my opinion. But most young athletes spend 95 to 100% of their time practicing their sport and hardly any time developing as athletes, getting stronger, developing their mobility, working on their coordination, um, getting faster, working on their endurance. Whereas, in my opinion, you would have much better chance of peaking at a higher level in your sport if you would spend 80 at 75 80 plus percent of your year just being becoming a better athlete and then spending that last 15 to 20 percent of the year actually working on sport specific skills because you're going to lay the groundwork to where you're going to be able to be able to progress much faster and and to a much higher level in in the sport specific so if you can think about that pyramid that's going to allow you to think about um, yourself as a, a whole athlete and not just, I needed to go, I need to get better at my sports. I need to go swing, take a hundred cuts in the, mm -hmm. in the cage a year. Yeah. And then what also happens when you start doing that and you start seeing these kids that are having Tommy John surgery at 10, 11, 12 years old, because they're overusing the same muscles they They haven't built up the muscles that can, um, support, um, what they're doing. And they're only using these small muscles over and over and over again. And their body is, is going to, reach a breaking point at some point because they're overusing it and if you can take a step back and we need to build up everything else around it it's going to allow your body to absorb that more and also it's your body's going to allow you to get better at that specific thing because it has the support the support around it to to be to be able to do that yep yep 100 percent. yeah for me it was uh it was my back and i talked about this one a little bit as well but i took so many swings i wanted you know i was i was working on my mechanics working on my hitting um, and you know, I was already at the college level. I'd already been working on this for, for so many years and I was just constantly hitting, constantly throwing and I would lift just like, just like everybody else, three to four days a week I was lifting. Um, but I, I was not trying to become a better athlete. I was trying to work my sports specific training so much. And it caused for me, it caused a stress, a stress fracture in my L4, um, in my back, because like you said, we swing one direction, we swing one direction constantly and never do anything the other direction. And if I would have been training, to be a better athlete, I would have been training both directions subconsciously, you know? So it's just, to me, that really weighs down on when I'm working with athletes, I want to make sure that they're doing, doing the mobility, but also just doing the entire program to become a better athlete. So that not all the time is, is spent, you know, just hitting in the cage or just throwing that stuff is going to come no doubt about it, especially when it's, you know, come, come springtime, but in the fall and in the summer is when we can become bigger, faster, stronger, better athletes. And it's just going to make the ceiling so much higher. And I had, you know, I've talked about this. I had back spasms in college as well. I never, I didn't have a stress fracture, but I was on the ground for multiple days with back spasms. And the same thing, because you just take so many cuts one way that your body gets uh, overbuilt in one area and under underbuilt in the other area. And, you're, and eventually you're going to reach the breaking point, especially, you know, you're almost uh, penalized for being a hard worker because you're doing so many reps yep. that you're building up, um, you're building up to the point where your body breaks down. Whereas sometimes the people that don't work as hard aren't the ones that are, are uh, the ones that don't deal with this stuff as much because they are uh, not overusing those muscles. Right. And so it's kind of counter counterintuitive how it works. And I've seen this with, um, with people that come into the gym and you can always tell almost immediately 
um, their background as far as training in sports and people that have a background that is building a wide base of general athleticism and fitness and flexibility, specifically people that come in with a gymnastics background mm -hmm. or uh, girls that come in with a cheerleading background, they pick new movements up so quickly and their technique is so much better and they're able to progress so much faster in the sport of fitness because of that background. And I think about that as far as like developing a young athlete and, um, you know, with my girls specifically, like I know that them starting in gymnastics at a very young age, them, um, starting, um, to do swimming at a very young age to, to learn their aerobic capacity. Um, and then starting to learn to weightlift, um, with proper technique at a very young age. And, um, they do that for years. By the time they get to, you know, middle school or high school, they're going to be good at whatever sport they want to, whatever, whatever sport they want to play because they've laid this vast foundation as opposed to at nine years old, specializing whatever sport they're going to do. And that's the only thing they do. Yeah. Well, that you're, you're, you're stunning your potential in that given sport when, as soon as you commit to one thing and that's the only thing you're going to do and you don't do anything else, um, you're, you're limiting your potential. And if you do pick a sport, you better start adding in spending a ton of time developing general general athletic skills because that's going to allow you to progress so much higher in your specific sport. If, if for example, at nine years old you decide, hey, I'm going to start doing travel baseball and the only thing I'm going to do to get better is take lessons and hit in the cage and throw, well, you're never going to progress as high as you could have if, if you had either continue, continue to play other sports or um, spend a lot of time developing as an athlete in, yeah. in, in the weight room. Yeah, I mean, it's like it, the second you decide that once, you know, if that's all you focus on, that pyramid stops. We keep bringing it up, but that pyramid, the bottom of it, mm -hmm. it stays wherever it was when you made that decision. Yep. And then you go up for sure, however far that base is. Mm -hmm. But if you continue to build on that foundation, that's when that ceiling gets higher. So, yeah, especially at young ages, it's so important to, to focus on how athletic and how generally fit you can become. So let's go into a little bit more depth with uh, what you're doing with the baseball team specifically. So you mentioned that. You started with a, uh, a week of mobility, which I thought was a great idea when you, you brought that to me. And then you started training, uh, sending them stuff in the summer while they were all at home. And you and I had talked about this and not wanting to do too many complex things without having seen them all lift with um, their, their technique and everything. And so sending them things uh, that they can improve and get better as an athlete without doing too many complex movements until you have a chance to work with them. So talk about a little bit about what that first stage looked like. So they're basically at this point – they just finished their season up. They're all home for the summer. There, it's basically the first start of the off season, and you're you're getting them going. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So they were all at home. I didn't get to. I didn't have the luxury other than my brother, who's playing on the team, who we lived in the same house at the time. Um, other than him, I didn't have a luxury of seeing any of them lift. So I kind of came up to you and and again, knowing my position and where I was at, I was not comfortable cleaning a barbell. I wasn't comfortable, you know, really even squatting to full depth because my hips were so tight. So I knew that there was going to be some issues with that. So I wanted to keep it um, simple and straightforward to, to build on things that they could build on, but without expanding it so much that they would be moving incorrectly without me being able to correct their form. Um, so we kept it very simple, especially the Metcon stuff. The, um, the After the strength sessions, the Metcons, we kept it to pretty much three to four movements um, that would get the heart rate up, would start developing um, some stamina and endurance and fitness, but still kept it super simple to where nobody was going to get hurt and everybody was going to be able to move semi-correctly. Um, so starting out in the summer, I made probably 
close to an hour long of videos of all the movements that we do and we're going to do when they got back in the fall. Um, I just spent some time in the gym in the comp room in Madison to kind of video me doing different things, kettlebell swings, um, burpees, wall balls, all kinds of different stuff that we do in the Metcons. Sent that to them with some uh, thorough information on what that was going to look like and how they should perform it, as well as back squats, front squats, pressing, um, all the things that we do for strength as well. Deadlift's another one. Um, so just kind of sent them a ton of videos explaining all that, told them to ask me any questions that they had, sent them my phone number, um, and got some really good responses from that early on. A lot of people were curious. Um, again, they don't. most of them didn't even know what a Metcon was. Uh, they had no idea weren't huge fans of it at the beginning uh in the summertime they were like coach dude this is hard bro like what are we <laughs> yeah, doing yeah um so yeah so that's kind of how it all started was all virtual through a group me so uh the metcon specifically um is something that a lot of people like that play sports are like why am i doing this i just need to get stronger or whatever and i especially with baseball i, I kind of relay it in this way it's going to allow your body to recover so much faster during the season and also you're going to be able to maintain a higher level of performance during the season and so baseball is such a uh, sport that wears you down over the season and you see it every year with pretty much every team there'll be somebody that comes out really hot and is hitting 400 500 whatever and then as the season progresses their average slowly starts to dip because their body starts to get tired. They're not recovering as well. They're losing just a little bit of their mechanics with the swing, just their bat speed's dropping a little bit lower. And then all of a sudden their average has dropped significantly because simply because they just aren't in shape enough to be able to maintain the high level performance. Same with pitchers. And it also can just go, you can go big picture season wise, or you can go small picture in a weekend, like in college baseball, you're playing three, four games in a weekend you're playing five, six games a week. In professional baseball, you're playing every single day. And a lot of times, it's just a war of attrition. Like, whoever can maintain their mechanics the best throughout the whole year is going to have the best season. And so, the more you can do to increase your muscle endurance, increase your cardiovascular endurance that's going to allow you to recover um, day-to-day and week-to-week and month-to-month, the better your overall numbers will be at the end of the year. And that also applies to any other sport. Like football, for example. Um, A lot of times... Uh, teams will get worn down in the fourth quarter and lose because they they're not as in shape as the other team. Um, same thing with basketball. You know, a lot there's a lot of basketball teams that um, uh, the UCLA coach uh, John Wooden was was uh, a famous uh, example of this. He said we're going to be the best shaped team on every single court we play in, and they won I can't remember how many national championships in a row. And so they did so much conditioning that they in the second half. At the end of the game, they were still in in peak physical shape. They were still able to run their plays and run up and down the court while the other team was worn down and gassed out. And so that stuff is going to directly correlate not only into their endurance but also into their recovery, which ultimately, you know, sports a lot of times is a recovery game more than anything else. And so that's why it's so important. And we always want um, athletes to be able to do to do those things because it's going to train their body to be able to do that and then the other part of recovery is you have a tweak you have an injury your body's going to heal faster because you've been teaching your body how to recover and heal quickly every single day and so if you do have that tweak or that injury or whatever your body's going to heal a little bit faster than it would have normally so when you and you're you're so off season you're really trying to keep the stuff basic. You haven't really seen the guys a whole lot. Um, you're really focusing. But let's talk about the specific things you mentioned, like the back squat, the deadlift, the uh, the functional, you know, multi-joint movements. You're, you're you're doing some kettlebell swings and some some cleans and stuff like that. Why are you picking those movements? 
Um, well, like you said, functional. Um, the the back squat, the front squats, obviously leg strength. Uh, we want to be strong, like we were talking about earlier, develop, developing a base. Um, and starting out with this team, uh, I wanted to start out with a little bit higher repetition um, and lower sets just because I didn't want anybody squatting super, super heavy, you know, like a five set of three or something like that, um, and getting injured or not going to depth and doing, you know, a, a quarter squat. Um, so we started out with higher reps, lower sets, um, and kind of worked that all throughout until they got two millsaps to where I could see them. Um, and as far as the uh, like the deadlift as well, like uh, you see a common thing is people's lower backs getting getting hurt from deadlifting. So I, that one was even more stressed as far as really keeping the core tight and the back flat and all the things that we preach in, in Coyote as well, um, just so that when they got there, they were able to do the lifts the way we needed them to, but also they were healthy so they could they can continue to work out. Those also are going to, they're unique, as Greg Glassman uh, famously said, they're unique in their ability to express uh, power. And so the movements that you're able to lift the most weights and, and do the most repetition the most amount of time, your body it, are going to cause your body to adapt the most. That's why we, we do them. And so even though a back squat doesn't really look like something that you would do on a baseball field, it is training all the muscles that are going to allow you to have a higher performance in whatever you do on the in the field or whatever whatever sport you choose. So, um, so you get you 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 go through the first part of the off season. Now they go into the fall and they're back on campus and um, they're starting their fall practice and you're able to go up there and see them a little bit more. How is how is the program tweaked and changed a little bit through the fall semester? Yeah, yeah. So when they got back, we had um, a good meeting. You came up to to the school with me one of the earlier days of it. And they remained a little bit simple at first, but then as I got to start watching these guys move and how they moved and how their flexibility was developing through the mobility sessions that they were doing, um, once I, I got comfortable with how they were moving and they got comfortable, we did start adding in um, just a little bit more. So for cleans, for example, in the summertime, we were actually doing clean pools. They weren't actually doing the full clean. They were only doing clean pools because I didn't know how many of them could catch in the front rack position with the bar sitting on the shoulders. So they were doing a lot of clean pools. So when they got back for the fall, we actually moved into actual cleans where you catch in a quarter squat. They were all power cleans. We uh, didn't do front uh, um, squat cleans early, but they did power cleans and kind of moved into that. Um, as well as really developing the back squat, front squat, and deadlift as well. Um, and it took a long time, like it did for me when I first got to Coyote, to develop a front rack position. Front rack is extremely important just, honestly, for lat, uh, for lat mobility in general. And so when they got there, we spent a lot of time developing that. And then once they got comfortable with that, um, the ceiling grew massively, and they were able to do a lot more stuff, lift heavier, um, and really explode off the floor with a lot of lifts that they were doing. So it just got a little bit more complex, but still kept it to where everybody was comfortable moving. So you'll notice that it's not just, okay, this is what you guys need to be doing. Um, get after it. It's like, I know what these guys' movement and mobility is probably like, and I need to make sure I'm not doing something that's going to, to cause them to get hurt until I can see them and, and help them develop their mobility and stuff. And you and I talked about it when we went up there, and a lot of the guys hadn't been doing the mobility yeah, stuff. Yeah. And so – we, we reiterate that and that's it's it's constantly what i tell people if you want to improve your performance probably the the biggest mover you can do is increasing your mobility and spending more time and taking that serious and it's something that people just kind of gloss over and don't don't pay attention to but it's going to allow you to perform the movements more efficiently and which is eventually going to allow you to uh, get stronger and 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 faster and fitter and all that type of stuff so uh, we're kind of running out of time here but let's uh, let's kind of move on to so they go through you know, the fall semester and they're doing their fall practice. 
tell us some of the the things some of the feedback you got from from your dad who's the head coach and from some of the players as how the training you know at that point they had maybe been doing four to five months of of training working with us um how had that translated directly over into their uh play on the field in the fall yeah man it, it was incredible uh the way the guys got after it in the weight room first of all was just inspiring to me to see how um, kind of live me living vicariously through their eyes and, and what it looked like to do that kind of training for baseball. They, the dudes loved it. Uh, had ca- every single day they would come up to me and thank me for, for training them this way. Um, my favorite story is a guy who I actually played with my, my fifth year, senior year was his freshman year. He's a, he's a little scrappy second baseman still on the team now. And, uh, he's, he's known for singles. He, he can, he can, he can hit some, <laughs> he can hit, guy. but he can hit some singles. And, uh, he's, he's one of those you know, short, fast, quick guys who can steal some bases. But he uh, he was hitting in an inner squad. Uh, the one of the guys threw him an inside fastball, and he just turns on it, hits it off the wall, hits a double, and the look on my dad's face was the best part. It was like, did did Dave just hit a ball off the wall? <laughs> like did that actually just team went nuts. And afterwards, I was like, hey, how those how those workouts going for you? And he just laughed at me and gave me a hug. So it was one we me and him have a real cool relationship, but. Um, that that's one example of so many that the guys the the most notable thing I think was how they could just fly around for hours. Mm-hmm. You know, usually in practice, as the hours start coming, you you don't want to really sprint out that that double that you hit off the wall and try to turn it into a triple. But these dudes were getting after it for the entire time in practice, and strength was definitely built, endurance was built, and they were having a blast doing it. So it was awesome. So not only are they able to. Um perform better but they're also able to get more out of their practice sessions what's going to allow them to peak even higher during the game because they're getting more out of each repetition that they do and so um that's really that's man this is so cool and so it fires me up to to hear that kind of stuff and that's only after three or four months imagine you know what they're going to look like after a year or two of, of training like this if they if they continue to to stick with it and so you know uh you and i talked about this and you said this man i where was all this stuff back when i was playing and i've i've always said that and uh, I used to think that too, and now you know I'm just so glad that it it played out the way it did. It it did because it allows me to pass what I've learned on to other people, and hopefully be able to help um, young kids be able to reach the potential in whatever sport they want to. Because I was once that young kid who had a dream and didn't know what I knew didn't didn't know what I needed to do to achieve it. And so um, we want to be the ones that can help people guide, help guide those people to have a much better chance of, of achieving it than they would. Um, without it. And so that's something that uh, really fires me up and motivates me is to be able to pass on what we've learned and, and be able to um, to hopefully help some kids achieve achieve their goals and dreams. And it's been um, so fun for me to watch these some of these kids that have come through Coyote when they were 10, 11, 12 years old and taking their health and fitness serious and, and props to their parents for bringing them in at that point and learning how to move correctly and learning what hard work looks like and learning uh, why it's important for them to uh, have mobility and, and strength and the way the types of lifts they need to be doing and then watch them go on and uh, progress and to play, you know, SEC sports. And there was a kid that came to Coyote and got drafted uh, this year for baseball. And, and it's just been really fun to see all that progression over the years. And so we just want to continue to pass that, you know, pay it forward and, and, and try to spread the word to as many kids as we can <clears throat> that this can really, really help improve their chances of, you know, reaching their full potential, whatever sport they're playing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I would have given anything to have this kind of training, uh, back when I, back when I played, would have loved to see the player I could have been, uh, with this training, but now I get to, 
use these 35 guys right now and more coming in who will be freshmen next year that get to start really early, which is even cooler. Um, and I, I get to see who they who they become. So that's going to be awesome. Looking mm-hmm. forward to it. And also, you know, you've been able to work with some even high school and junior high kids and and work with them specifically and, and see them progress. And uh, that, that's something we, we love to do and want to continue to to do down the road is continue to, to pay it forward to the to the young athletes in the next generation and watch them grow. And, uh, you know, not just in baseball, but any sport. I know you're, you're a big tennis player, and you and I have talked about how this can apply to tennis and, and help people in tennis. And, um, I mean, there's golfers in the gym who yep. who talk about how they're able to, to play golf at a higher level and um, – you know, football is, is, is the one that everybody always thinks of because the bigger and faster you are in football, the the better you're going to be. But, yeah. you know, it, it applies to every single sport, and, and so it's something that, that we we are passionate about. So any uh, any final closing thoughts you want to add before we move on to the next segment? Uh, man, no, I'm, I'm just super thankful for the opportunity to do this and hope, uh, hope this can lead to a lot more sports teams. I, I think this offers – extraordinary benefits to to every athlete who's playing any kind of sport so uh yeah i just look forward to all the opportunities i have laying ahead of me yeah and and i'll just just finish by saying if you are a young athlete or if you're if if you have if you have kids who are young athletes i would encourage you to really look at how much time you're spending in a yearly basis working on your sport specific skills and how many how much time you're spending developing as a general athlete and you know when I grew up looking back on I play a lot of different sports and I think that really had an impact on every sport that I play because I was training a wide variety of skills and if you think about the 10 general physical skills how much time are you spending developing each of those and so either spending that time playing different sports and also you know trying to get stronger in in the weight room and developing conditioning and mobility or picking one sport and then spending a whole lot of time just developing as an athlete that's going to allow you eventually do that and the, the better athlete you can make yourself, the higher your peak is going to be in whatever sport you play. So I would encourage each and every one of you to think about what, what your yearly training uh, outline looks like. And like I said, probably three-fourths of the time needs to be spent developing as an athlete and maybe 25% of the time needs to be actually spent working on your sport and playing your sport. So I think most people have that backwards, and, and hopefully uh, hopefully this will help somebody to, to think about that. So, all right, well, let's move on to the next segment. Outside the box. So we're almost to Christmas, Keaton. I told you beforehand. What are some of your favorite Christmas uh, traditions that you that you've done in your life, or that you look forward to every year as Christmas comes get, comes around? Yeah, we, uh, my family. It's going to be a little bit different uh, this year because it's the first year I'm married and and have my own family, which is still kind of crazy to say. But uh, usually, my family does Christmas at my mom and dad's house. All the siblings come over. Um, we do the typical presents and the and the gifts to all to everybody. My grandma and my uncle come over as well, and and we have a big feast meal. My dad will either cook steaks or, or burgers or some sort of grill out meal. Um, so we're still planning on doing that this year. Uh, me and Jordan will be going to her house the day before um, to spend it with her family as well. So we'll be on the road a little bit for that. That'll be new for me. Have no, I haven't spent a Christmas with them yet, so that's kind of a exciting thing to to look forward to. Um, and then we'll always go play. We go play Dirty Santa uh, with my mom's side of the family too, which is a fun. That's a fun thing where everybody brings like a little cheap gift, and you you can steal gifts and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So that's a fun one. Dirty Santa is always really fun. Yeah. What about uh, Christmas movies? What Christmas movies do you like to watch? 
Uh, I'm gonna be super generic and say Elf is probably still my favorite <laughs> Christmas movie. Uh, it's it's I was able to watch it as a little kid, and you know when you're a little kid watching a Christmas movie, it means a lot to you because you're just so thrilled about that time of year. So the Elf is it's always uh stayed with me. You just made me feel really old when you said you watched <laughs> Elf as a little as a kid. kid. <laughs> I think that came out when I was in college. <laughs> oh man, oh man. The Grinch. The Grinch yeah. is another classic. Yeah. What 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 year did that one come out? How old were you there? Uh, you were prob- probably younger there, huh? No. So when I was <laughs> As a kid, what we were watching was Home Alone, Home oh, Alone yeah, Two, yeah. Christmas Story. So what's that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, uh, the big debate between me and my wife is Home Alone One or Home Alone Two, and I, I like Home Alone, the original Home Alone better, and she likes Home Alone Two better. But they're both awesome. I love both of them. Um, and then uh, Christmas Story every year, I always put Christmas Story on TBS. They got the 24 hours of Christmas That's Story right one. before. And I'm like you. This year is going to be a little bit different for us. It's the first year we have. Uh, our two girls uh, for Christmas. So we got their stockings up and uh, they got a couple of things in their stockings. And uh, my wife has ordered them some things. Obviously they're not going to have any idea what's going yeah, on, yeah. but, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll go over to my parents' house uh, for Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve and uh, Christmas day and open some presents and spend time with family. And it's dev- it's truly uh, the most wonderful time of year. I love Christmas. It's always, uh, always a, a great time of year to close out the year and spend time with family and do some Christmas traditions. My wife and I have gone to the, Canton lights uh, Christmas tree every year. Um, I don't know. We hadn't even talked about going this year. We need. We need, we probably need to do that and get maybe take the girls out there. But that's something we've done every year since um, the first year we started dating. I think we had only been dating a month or so when I took her the first time. We've gone every single year. So awesome. um, seeing Christmas lights and doing that stuff and listening to Christmas music is always fun. And my wife started a new tradition this year of putting up the Christmas tree like a couple of days after Thanksgiving. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah yeah it's like uh no 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 I'm sorry a couple of days after Halloween not after Thanksgiving a couple of days after Halloween after so Halloween. usually it's I've always been of the mind of you wait till after Thanksgiving to put the Christmas tree up well she put it up a little bit after Halloween so we've had it up for a while which is but I've kind of enjoyed it it's been kind of fun so um anything to recommend before we wrap it up no recommends yeah, I think so. all right well I'll, I'll give you two since Keaton's gonna there drop go. the ball I'm double down on my squid game uh reality show recommend this, this, the season finale was last night. We watched it. Great ending. Somebody won $4.5 million, which was really cool to see. And then uh, my other recommend is going to be the Hard Knocks end season with the Miami Dolphins. It's been really good. They actually, on the episode this week, they were ranking their top three uh, Christmas movies at the end of the episode as well. And uh, it was Elf, Home Alone, and Christmas Story was what one of the guys had on there. And that made me realize you're the people that watched – I, this, those guys that are watching Elf, they all watched it as kids, and I didn't even realize it because they're all about your age. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely made me feel old when you said that. Um, so anyways, that's it for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We will catch you next time. silky smooth sounds.